this time, Holla is going to bring our special. It never ceases to amaze me how God works all this out. Um, we, in Sunday school, we talked about how he paid the debt for us. And the name of my song is His Life for Mine. So that pretty much says it.
Corinthians chapter 5. Wasn't that beautiful? The innocent for the guilty. How beautiful that is. I don't don't get it. I don't comprehend it. I don't really understand it. But bless God, I believe it. How a perfect God could take upon himself the form of a servant and put upon himself the sins of humanity. And go to the cross. How he drank my cup. I don't know how he did it. But I'm glad he did it. And I know he did it. And I know that's why I'm going to get to go to heaven. Because he paid my price. The perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. What a mighty God we serve this morning. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. Last week we talked about the adoption. We talked about the new birth. We talked about being born again, and I want to continue with that line of thought. And I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of becoming a new creature. Becoming a new creature. We become a new creature because we are born again. We receive a new family. We receive a new father, and we receive a new fortune. And because we are born again into a new family, we become a new creature in Christ. Bless God, the old things are passed away. Aren't you thankful for that today? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. This is the authority of God speaking. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Dear Heavenly Father, in this old world we struggle with becoming new. Lord, the day we met you, we got new. We got a new life. We got a new song. We got a new plan. We got a new mission. Bless God, we got a new family and a new father and a new fortune. But Lord, we struggle with that new. Lord, we struggle with becoming what you want us to be. God, I know the struggle is real because I'm the chiefest of sinners this morning. And I struggle on a daily basis becoming what you've called me to be. And God, as we get into the Scripture today and as we find out what you want us to become, Lord, I pray that we would open our hearts to it. I pray, Lord, that we would be submissive to you this morning. And Lord, I pray if somebody's lost that they would be saved today. But Lord, to save people, I pray that you would convict us to put on that new man. And live as that new creature. Lord, to be that peculiar people that you called us to. Lord, that you sanctified us for. Dear God, bless us. Give me preaching strength this morning. Lord, I just love what you're doing here at Promised Land. Man, what a blessing it is just to get to see you work. Get to watch you do what you're doing here. God, you're blessing us beyond measure. You're saving souls. You're adding to your church. Lord, you're building a church. 
You, you're, you're sending out people from among us. Lord, their souls being saved down in Sterlington through what we, you laid on our hearts. Lord, you are working through us, and we just praise your holy name for it. Lord, we just praise you, and we look to you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this morning upon the subject, becoming a new creature. The Bible said, the Apostle Paul said, under the inspiration of God, there if any man be in Christ. How many people have run down this aisle to claim that they are in Christ? How many folks that came running down this aisle and told Promised Land Church, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. The Apostle Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If you claim to be in Christ, you are a new creature. If Jesus Christ has saved your soul, you are a new creature. You have been born again. You have received the spirit of adoption, and you are joined heirs with Christ. I want to talk to you about this morning becoming that new creature. The word creature here means the thing founded, established, or created. The result or product of creation. The very day that I was born, I was a creation of God. The very day that I was born again, I was a creation of God. The very day that I was born of the Spirit, and the very day that I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, I became a creation for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. I am His, and He is mine. And He is to use my life however He desires. And He is to do with me whatever He wants. It's no longer my choice. It's no longer my thoughts. It's no longer what I think. It's all about Him now. I'm a new creature. I belong to the Master. And He's using me for His honor and for His glory. We are new creatures in Christ. So many times we struggle with the concept of putting on the new man, of taking off the old man. But I want you to understand that Paul declares that at the moment of salvation, we become a new creation because of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that things doesn't have to be the same? Aren't you glad things can change? Because of what Jesus did in, my, in our life and in my life, we no longer have to be alcoholics. You don't always have to be drug addicts. You don't always have to be adulterers. You don't always have to live that old life. Bless God, He gives you the power and the strength to change your life. Bless God, when He saved you, He changed you. And He made you a new creature. And old things are passed away. Listen to me, folks. we got to put off the old man. And we got to put on the new. And we got to become what God has called us to be. If we're going to become that new creation, we need to look at what God wants us to do. Number one, I want you to notice that we are a product of God's work. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to look in verse 10. I want you to understand this morning that if we're going to become that new creature, we've got to understand that we are a product of God's hand. God is making us. This is God's doings. This is something that God is working within us. If you're going to do something for God, you've got to get self out of the way. If you're going to put on the, the new man, it's not about your strengths and your talents and what you can do, but it's what God can do for you and through you. 
I want you to notice Ephesians 2 and verse 10. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We become His workmanship. We are part of the workmanship of Christ. The word workmanship comes from a Greek word, poema, which we get our English word poem from. And that means that we are the poem of Christ. If we are the poem of Christ, that means He is our poet. And He is writing us. One man said that each of our lives is the canvas on which the Master is producing a work of art that will fulfill the everlasting ages with His praise. I want you to understand that we are nothing more and nothing less than the masterpiece of God. The very day that we got saved, we gave our life to Him. And He is to take our life and to use our life and to mold us and make us into the vessel that brings Him honor and glory. It's not about what we think. It's not about our plans or our purpose. The very day that we got saved, we died to ourselves. There's a, there's a time in most of our lives that we give our heart to Jesus and then later on we give our life to Jesus because when we give our heart to Jesus, we don't realize the importance of giving our life to Jesus. May I tell you that God not only wants your heart, but He wants your life. He wants 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He wants everything about you. He doesn't just want you for eternity. He wants you for today. And He wants you for tomorrow. You are His creation. I want you to know that we are His artwork. We are His masterpiece. He is is restoring us. We are that old piece of furniture that He dug out of the garbage. We are that old piece of junk that was of no good and of no use that God pulled us out and gloriously saved our soul. And now He is restoring us and making us and molding us. I'm telling you, God is restoring us every single day. God is working on us every single day. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that God is still working on me to make me what I ought to be. I'm so thankful that He dug me out of the garbage and said, I want to form Him and make Him something that He's never been before. And bless God, I'm so glad that God can take the worst of of works and the worst of men and the worst of women and take their life and save them and make them whole again and change their life. Oh, I'm glad that we can become new. We can become a new daddy. We can become a new wife. We can become a new husband. We can become new today. Bless God that He can make us new. We are His creation. As I go over to the book of Philemon, I see a wonderful story about a man by the name of Onesimus that ran into the Apostle Paul in prison. Onesimus was a, uh, a slave for uh, Philemon. And he ran, he got arrested, and he was put in uh, jail with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul led him to the Lord. And he wrote a letter to Philemon, and he said, Listen, the man that you're getting now is not the man that he used to be. There was a time in his life that he was not a prophet, but now he's a prophet. I'm telling you, there used to be a time that he was sorry, no good, but now he's a somebody. Because Jesus just got a hold of his life and saved him and changed him. Aren't you glad we are of the work of the Lord? Notice what it said in Ephesians 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. We think, man, if I can can do this, and if I can do more, and if I could quit this, or quit this, or do this, then I can become more like God. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be you that does it. It's going to be God in you. 
For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. If you didn't save yourself, then you can't sanctify yourself. If you can't sanctify yourself, then you can't secure yourself. It is the grace of God that saves us, and it's the grace of God that sanctifies us. You cannot do it, but it's God in you. By His marvelous grace, He saves you and He changes you. It's not in you. It's not in you. All week, the last several weeks, I've been running into more people that said, Preacher, I believe I died right now. I'm going to go to heaven because I think I've done enough. I think, I think I could please him. I've done enough good to my fellow man. I talked to a man in Lexington, Kentucky that's been a CEO in New York City for years. He's running a restaurant there, and I got to witnessing to him there in, in Lexington, and he said, I've done enough good to my fellow man. I said, Brother, you'll never do enough good to your fellow man. It is not in you. It's not found in you. It doesn't belong to you. It's all about Him. And if you think you can accomplish it, you're wrong. I gave my heart to Jesus because of Jesus. And I gave my life to Jesus because of Jesus. And it is Him that works in us. It's Him that has sanctified us. It's Him that changes us. You cannot change on your own. We have this concept that if I do this or I do this, then I can become God's man. Friend, you've got to submit your life to Jesus. And that's the only way there's going to be a change in your life. The only way to become a new creature is to fully dedicate your heart to Jesus Christ. It's no longer about you, but it's all about Him. I want you to look in Romans chapter 8. If you're with me, say amen. In Romans chapter 8. Not only are we a product of God's Word, but we are a product of God's will. There are so many people, as saved people, that are wasting their saved life. There are people who claim to be saved that take their own life. Suicide happens every single day. I want you to know that God's people are left in a state that we feel like we are of no use. But I want you to know that God has a will better than that for us. I want you to notice what it said in Romans 8 and verse uh, 30. It said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. I want you to notice we are a product of God's will. The will of God chose us. Notice what he said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Aren't you glad that God chose us to be saved? Aren't you glad that He chose us to follow Him? He chose us to be that new creature. He chose us. He chose you. He chose me. He had, I'm talking about from the foundation of the world, He had the name Josh Llewellyn etched down with a plan and a purpose for His life. And I'm telling you, God has a will for me. He has chosen me to be saved. He has chosen me to follow Him. He has chosen me to do everything in my life for Him. Isn't it awesome that as big as God is, that He chose us? I want you to know that God chose you to be saved. And God chose you to be a new creature. And God chose you to serve Him. God has selected each and every single one of us. Aren't you, God, aren't you glad that God chose you? Aren't you, aren't you glad that in all of His bigness and all of His greatness that He took time apart to say, I choose Josh Llewellyn, and I choose Russell Wallace, and I choose Sam Pope, and I choose Chuck Jones? Aren't you glad that in the, the bigness of who God is that He got on our level and He said, I got a plan just for the individual. And bless God, He didn't choose me, but He chose everybody. 
Now, if y'all can't amen that, something's wrong. I'm not Calvinistic, and I'll never be Calvinistic because God's not Calvinistic. The Bible's not Calvinistic for whosoever will. I'm glad that when God chose to save, He chose to save everybody. And when God chose to use us, He chose to use everybody. He's not willing that any perish. He wants everybody to have everlasting life in Him. I want you to know that God chose you. Do you know why we need to be that new creature? Do you know why we need to put on that new man? Because God chose us. God has a purpose. God has a plan. I want you to notice this next one. He said, "...whom He did predestinate them, He also called." He called. Aren't you glad He called? He chose and He called. Do you remember the day He called you? I remember sitting there in Monroe, Louisiana at the old convention center. Do you all remember the name Glenn Payne of, of uh, the Cathedral Quartet? He got up and sang, We Shall See Jesus. And when he sang that song, the Holy Spirit of God began to call me and told me that I was lost, undone, without God or a son. And that very night, Jesus started knocking on my door. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he called me. And bless God that I accepted that call and I got saved. And oh, from then on, it wasn't my life, it was his life. He wouldn't leave me alone. He made me miserable at times. Hey, I couldn't just go off and do what I wanted to do because he called me to greatness. He called me to better things. I'm telling you, the very day that I got saved is no longer my life, but it's his life. He's called me. He called me. When I was 15 years old, God called me to preach. I ran from the call to preach for five years. I could not outrun his call. I tried. I try to hide from it. I try to uncall me. I, I, I gave every excuse. I'm, a, I'm of no use. I'm no good. I'm too dumb. He already knew that. And I said, there's no way, but you cannot uncall what God has already called. And God called me and God's called you to His kingdom and to this church and to His purpose. Why do we follow Him? Why do we give our life? Because He chose us and He called us. But not only that, bless God, He justified us. He justified us. Aren't you glad He justified us? Aren't you glad that He took something wrong and made it right? Aren't you glad that everything that was wrong in your life, He took you and He made it right? He justified our life. He has justified our situations. He has justified our homes. Bless God, when I was in a million pieces, He picked me up and He put me back together because He justified me. He made all things right. Do you know why I'm a new creature? Because He made all things new again. Because everything that was wrong in me, He's made it right. And when I can't do right, He helps me do right. He has justified me. But bless God, not only has He justified me, but He's glorified me. John said, or excuse me, Jesus said when He was praying to the Father in John 17, and the glory which Thou hast given me, I have given them. There is a glory that is within us. There is a peace of God that is within us that is to be used for the honor and glory of God. Do you know why that I must follow Him? Because the glory of God is inside of me. Do you realize that God has done something inside of your heart and life? Do you realize there's a spark within you? I'm telling you folks, we're not going to be dead forever. We may be dead right now, but bless God, we get to glory land. We're going to be fired up. We may smile we get up there. Amen. People say, I don't like all that shouting. Well, don't go to heaven. <laughs> I don't like all that singing. Well, don't go to heaven. Because you ain't going to like heaven. Because there's something within us. 
There's a spark. There's a light. There's an unction, the Bible says. There is something within us. What is it? It's the glory. It's the glory of God. And Jesus said, that same glory that you've given me, that I have with you, I give to them. And that glory is within us. Why are we a new creature? Because God did something in your, in your heart. He's done something inside of you. And now that He's done something to you, you've got to let Him do something through you. Because there's a light. We're the light of the world. We're to shine. We're to be bright. We're to tell the whole world that Jesus saves. We're to tell them all that He's the balm of Gilead. We're to tell them all that there's one answer. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. We're the light. We're the glory of the world. God could have chose anything to give Him glory in this age, but He chose His church. And He chose you. And He chose me. And there was days and times that I fought Him and I said, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to do it. I want to go hang iron. That's what I did. Boy, that's real smart. Got out there in the world. I worked 60, 70 hours a week. Burned, slapped to pieces. Man, I'm telling you, got out there and worked and worked and worked. God wouldn't leave me alone. I said, God, I got a better plan. God, I got a better plan. He said, no. God, I want to live my life. He said, no. And I said, God, this is my life. He said, no. God, it's what I want to do. I don't care because you got glory in you that I need to show the world. And I'm telling you folks, He called me. And if He can call me, He can call anybody. I'm dumber than a bag of rocks and you know it. If He can use me, He can use anybody. And it's not because I'm smart or because I'm brilliant, but because Jesus put His glory inside of me. And because He put His glory inside of me, He is using me for His use. And I'm just shining for Him. You say, man, what a preacher. No, I'm not a preacher. It's just Him in me. Man, what? Man, He's awesome. No, He's awesome. It's Him. His glory is in me. And now my life is for Him. And when I shine, it's not me shining. It's Him shining. And when I speak, I pray every time that I preach, God, let me not speak, but You speak through me. Friend, it's the glory that Jesus said I put inside of them. Bless God. Man, I preach on that all day long. Lord, have mercy. I don't care what you think. That's good preaching, folks. He put His glory in you. It's not you, it's Him. Moses said, God, I can't do it, God. I'm not smart enough. I'm not brilliant enough. I don't have enough words. I can't do it. He said, you don't need to do it. I got you, Moses. You just trust in me. You believe in me and you follow me and I'll help you all the way. I'm telling you, I thought when I surrendered to preach, I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good looking enough. I can't talk good enough. I gave God every excuse. He said, you just follow me and I'll take care of the rest. And I'm telling you, God's taking care of the rest. Bless God, He put His glory inside of us. Somebody ought to shine for Him. Somebody ought to live for Him. Somebody ought to point to Him. Aren't you glad He called us? He chose us. He justified us. He glorified us. Man, I've got to keep on. I'm going to preach on that all day. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The glory of God is in us. And the glory which Thou hast given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Man, how beautiful. The glory of God inside of us. Man, I'm so stirred up. I don't know where I'm at. Not only are we a product of God's will, but we're a product of God's way. How do we do it? How do we become that new creature? 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look in verse 16. 
And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now listen, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If we are His, and it's His plan, and it's His will, and it's His work, and it's His purpose, then surely He can do it through us. Surely that He could give us the strength and the know-how. When I went to seminary, I was intimidated. And when I looked at my dad and I looked at the preachers around me, I said, there's no way that I could become that one day. What if somebody asked me a question about the Bible? What am I going to answer? I don't know. Well, Cathead, I've received thousands of questions about the Bible. And God's helped me every time. And I thought, but what about when they come to me and they need help with marriage? What am I going to say? And God gave me everything to say every single time. I said, God, what about when I stand up before the hundreds and the multitudes? How am I going to get the unction to stand up and have the boldness to say your word? And He's given it to me every time. And I said, God, what about the times that when I stand before the world and I know they hate your message and I know that they hate me for it, what am I going to do? And He's protected me every time. May I tell you that He has furnished me. He has given me everything that I need to become His and to work for Him and to fulfill His will in my life. May I tell you that God will furnish everything that you need. Don't you worry about where it's going to come from. We sat here a year ago praying, God, take care of Sterlington. God, take care of Brother Trey. God, you do this for us. We were blind. That's where faith comes in. We didn't know where it was going to come from. We thought, what in the world is happening? What is going on? We trusted in the hand of God, and the hand of God has taken care of everything. We got 20 folks down there serving the Lord, fulfilling the great commission that is preaching the gospel message every chance they get. They're bringing in 2,000 a month in tithes and offerings as a new congregation. They are reaching out to their community in ways that we had no idea. Friend, God has provided. We went down there and we said, well, houses are too much. God said, well, I'll just cut it in half. If you don't want to spend $1,800, I'll let you spend 900 Huh. Yeah, we went down there 2000 a month for, for places to meet. We went to this place 1500 a month. God said, no, that's not good enough for my people. They don't pray too hard. He melted a family's heart and said, we'll let you have it for 600 a month. <sighs> I don't even make sense. I don't even make sense. Put the math to that. Put the pencil to that. We set this budget. God laughed at our budget. <laughs> God said, I can beat that. God's provided every step of the way and He'll provide for you. He'll furnish us. He'll give us what we need. How do we do it? How do we get it? We get it through His Word. His Word will lead you and guide you. If you're going to become new, you've got to become new in this. People said, oh, if I just had a new life and if I could live this life, I just wish I had a book of instruction. Here it is. From Genesis to Revelation, you need every jot and tittle of it. This is your God. You want to know how to give Him praise, honor, and glory? Then get in this. You want to have a reason to praise Him? Get in this. You want to know how to become a new daddy and a new husband? Get in this. Folks, look at me. Get in this. 
Shake the dust off the cover and get in the book. Get in the Word of God. Man, I'm telling you, it's good. It's rich. It's food. It's drink. Preacher said the other day at the ABA meeting, we need to get our face out of Facebook and get our face in the book. Amen? I'm telling you, folks, we need to get in the book. Not only does He do it through His Word, but He does it through prayer. You need to talk to Him. Have you ever asked God to help you? You ever told God, God, I want to become that new creature, but I'm scared? And I don't know how I'm going to do it? Have you asked Him for help? Have you asked Him for guidance? Pray to Him. Pray to Him. Ask of Him. Knock and He will open. Seek and ye shall find. Not only is it through prayer, but it's through suffering. Let me tell you something. You become a new creature, your life is not going to be a bed of roses. Y'all look at me now. I'm not done. I'm almost done. I promise. It's not going to be a bed of roses. But through every trial that you go through, God's going to mold you and God's going to make you. You see, through this trial, this is God's furnace. And these trials are the fire that God is using to purge the stuff that doesn't need to be in us. Man, when I started pastoring, I was thrown to the wolves. I've had people put their their finger in my face. I've had them tell me what to preach. I took cussings in the church house. Never thought I'd face that. Man, I've gone through things that I never thought I'd have to go through. People run away from church because of things they go through in the church. Because of the way God's people treat them. But friend, this is just part of the suffering. And God takes those fires in our life and He molds us and He's purging us into the, into the vessels that bring Him honor and glory. And this fire and these trials and these situations that we're going through church is to make us more like Him. Do you know why He puts the the metal in the fire? is to purge the impurities out. There are things in us that we need to get rid of if we're going to become His creation. Do you know the hotter the fire is, the better it gets because the impurities are coming out. Do you know when He takes it out of the fire? is when that refiner looks at that piece of metal and is able to see His reflection in it. And when he can see his reflection in it, that's when he takes it out of the fire. When we look like him, and we think like him, and we walk like him, and we praise like him, and we pray like him. He's putting us in this fire. And all of these trials are trying to make us more like him. You woke up this morning with your agenda and your thought. During this sermon, God's convicted you to say, it's no longer about you, but it's about me. He's put you in the fire. And He's purging that stuff out. And He's trying to make us more like Him. He's put glory in us. Man, I want to preach right there again. (laughs) Some of y'all don't agree with Him. (laughs) He's put glory in us. Wake up! We got the glory of God in us. And He wants to shine through us. He wants to work through us. He wants to save through us. Man, I'll never forget when I surrendered to preach, I was scared to death. I walked down that aisle. Just as humble, man, you won't talk about humble. I couldn't even spell it then. Whoo! But I sure knew how it felt. And I walked that aisle beat down and I said, God's called me to preach. People laughed. 
People said, he'll never do that. He's tried that before. <laughs> and I have, but I never did it through his strength before. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm far from it, but if there is perfection within me, it's the glory that's inside of me. And God is trying to take what he's done inside of you. He's done something in you. And now he wants to do something through you. If you're here and you've never been saved, right now is the day you need to be saved. If God has called you to join Promised Land Church, quit fighting the will of God. Get down here and join this church. Whether it's on a promise of a letter, whether it's on baptism, whatever it is, if God is calling, you need to follow. We need to submit to the plan of the Master. We are His poem. He's writing our script. He's doing this. If you've never been baptized, be baptized today. Say, preacher, I've been saved. Well, you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody the glory's in you. Jesus said, you confess me before me and I'll confess you before the Father. Man, the Holy Spirit's moving in this place this morning. He's working. He's trying to save souls. He's trying to use us like He's never used us before. 155 years in existence and promised land is still going forward. Promised land is still walking the script that God has made for her. Bless God, He's still blessing. He's still saving souls. I'm glad God's not done. I'm glad that His plan is, is continuing to go out through us. But He's waiting on us to get intact with Him and get on the same page. Maybe you're here this morning. It's time to submit to the will of God. These altars will be open.